Hey, I'm Kimberly Hayes Namuga. And I'm Amanda Day. And, and you're, you're listening to the first season of the Fundraising Heyday Podcast. We are a dynamic duo bringing you insight and knowledge into the ever-evolving world of grants, development, and fundraising. Full disclosure, we're Southern. You may hear a y'all. It happens. This season is brought to you by our generous sponsor, Grant Writing USA. Grant Writing USA delivers training programs across America that dramatically enhance performance in the areas of grant writing, grants management, and grant maker research. They have coached, trained, and consulted for nearly 15,000 top-ranked organizations and more than 25,000 individual achievers from every imaginable domain, leaders of government, philanthropists, academics, outstanding nonprofit managers, top-performing staffers, just your everyday heroes, full disclosure, when we're not entertaining you. We hope. With our podcasting <laughs> adventures, we are trainers for Grant Writing USA. We are. At the end of this episode and throughout season one, we'll be sure to let you know about upcoming offers at Grant Writing USA just for our listeners of Fundraising Heyday. So today's episode centers around prospect research. We're trying to figure out how do we find both the right funder and their right application or their right program um, to make sure that it meets the needs that we have and that we're doing kind of the similar work there. So prospect research is the topic of the day, Kimberly. I want to sing a little song. But I really don't. I'm just going to talk it. You know that song, Matchmaker, Matchmaker, Make Make Me a Match? match. Yeah. So um, it's kind of matchmaking. It really is. Prospect researching. Mm -hmm. Because not only, as Amanda said, not only do you have to have the right fit for your focus area, the timing needs to be right. Your organization needs to have the, or your client needs to have the capacity to handle the grant management. And these are all topics to go in in depth. They're they're people who spend their entire lives doing prospect research, whether it's for grant writing, which is what we're talking about today, or for individuals or corporations. But it all is about you can make the best match sort of on paper, if you will. But if you're not ready to take on the responsibility of managing that grant, or if the grant is not quite what you do, but kind of close and you think it might be a good idea, it isn't. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't. It's just, yeah. It wastes everybody's time, yeah. including yours. Absolutely. And I think especially if you're new to the grant field, a lot of people who suddenly be, find themselves as grant writers, this is what happens. They have a boss that'll say something like, hey... We need to fund things that we don't have money for. There's this, there's grants. There's grants everywhere. Money coming out it's of our magic. ears. It's this magic thing. So go get some of that grant money. And a lot of people just think there's, it's like grows on trees, I guess. And it's just, you know, there's stuff people don't even apply for it. It's just theirs are, it's there for the taking, you know? And there could be a grant somewhere that no one has ever applied for, like at the end of the rainbow, guarded by a fierce <laughs> dragon. Okay, I'm going to give you that. Maybe not the dragon part, but... That doesn't, it it hasn't been my experience in 20 years of seeking funding in many different areas, including grant funding. And I bet Amanda is agreeing with me. I can tell because she's nodding nodding her head. Mm -hmm. And also making sure you find the right match in all aspects is making sure that you are staying true to the transformational changes that you want to make in your community through grants, whether it's a community uh, around saving a river or a community mm-hmm. around building a park for a city or a community around feeding more people, whatever it is. 
if it's important to make sure that when you're doing research, you're finding things that either match up with what you're doing now yes. or match a direction that you know you need to go in to better serve the communities you want to help. Exactly. Well, I always tell people, too, you know, everything you should do should be need driven. So if you have a need for something, then yes, let's take the time and do the research and find the right grant application that goes with, that will allow you to serve that need. If there's no need, then why? Just because there's grant money doesn't mean you should go for it. Like if there's no need for and a, it. And a quick public service announcement. <laughs> Just because the money's out there doesn't mean that you need to go for it or that you would even get it. Yeah. Or that it's even going to be helpful in the long run. Some grants, you're like, oh, this is exactly what I need. And you start reading all the rules and regs associated with it. And you realize it's going to end up costing you more money than if you pay for it yourself. That happens too. So grants, that's part of the research project is finding the right one. And I feel like a light bulb has gone off in your head it there. Did. It did. It just was a, a pleasant warmth, though. It wasn't painful. <laughs> Um, so another thing that you'll find out in research, one of the first things you'll find out is whether or not you or your organization actually is qualified for that grant. And it's like, it can be called eligibility guidelines. Sometimes yes. you may be asked if you're applying online, you may have to take a little quiz or something to figure out if your organization's eligible. Y'all, they are not playing. If yes. you are not <laughs> eligible, just don't even, if it's adult swim and you are not an adult, do not get in the pool. Just, yeah. just, just <laughs> a good don't. example. Thank yes. you. You're just, wasting everybody's time. Yeah. And you really, what you don't want to do is develop a reputation for being that organization that goes after all the grants they're not even eligible for because funders talk. They do. And you don't want to be the brunt of their jokes like, oh, here's here, here, here comes Amanda Kimberly. Comes in. <laughs> Amanda and Kimberly, what are they doing with that stupid? Oh, Nobody's going to nope, fund that nope. pedicure wagon. It's just not going to happen. Nope. Although I think it's so, a great idea. No, I like it. Yeah. But anyway, so keep all these things in mind as we're going to give you some resources on how you can do research successfully. But a big thing is making sure that it fits. You're eligible for it and that they're funding the work you're doing. Mm -hmm. You're staying on mission and you're meeting your needs. Otherwise move on, find another grant. Okay, so let's kick it off with talking about the private side of funding. So Kimberly is the expert in this area. So I want to turn it over to her. Well, thank you, Amanda. And again, I want to say there are people who spend their whole lives doing prospect research and yes. their classes on this grant writing mm -hmm. USA's grant writing class. There's uh, several, a at least a couple of hours where this is, is touched on there. Yes. All I want to do is give you a quick taste and an overview and an idea of where to go for more information. Absolutely. So kicking it off, um, one of the sort of, I won't say the gold standard, but something that's certainly been around for a long, long time and, and has lots of good information and it does work. It's called Foundation Directory Online. It's a subscription service that ranges in price, and you are able to go in and search funders by the names of the foundations or other organizations. You can also search by geographic focus. You can also search by type of funding and topic, area. topic areas. Yeah. It's all there for you. It is a subscription service, but that being said, there are organizations, mainly universities and public libraries, that have sort of a cooperating agreement. And sometimes community foundations as well. Sometimes. And yeah. so if you went to foundationcenter.org, yep. you could tool around and find where those cooperating collections are near you. I think they have a button that says find network locations, mm -hmm. and you mm -hmm. just plop in your, you can put in your city and state or your zip code, and it'll show you all of these places where you can access it for free. And a couple of other subscription-based services that have been around for a while and that 
I've, I've used and have heard folks have some decent success. Yeah. One of them is Grant Station. That's actually, it's a subscription service, but if you are a, or become a member of the Grant Professionals Association, that comes free with your membership. So something to think about there. And another one is called Grant Watch, and they have monthly subscriptions. And again, I urge you to, if they have free trials, go check it out. And again, this is private funding. Amanda's going to talk to you about how to find government grants, and it's a little bit different animal. There, there are some of these services that do have information about federal and state funding, but I'm really focusing on private funding right now, which is going to come from your family foundations, your corporate foundations, and things of that ilk. Another thing to look at, which does start out free and I think does have, you can level up. I've only ever used the free version and that's guidestar.org. And you can search for information. But for me, the thing with guidestar.org is I created a free account and I can go in and look at the 990s. And those are, think of those as sort of the tax returns for foundations and nonprofit organizations. Obviously, if you are designated as a nonprofit organization or as a foundation that the IRS designates you that way, you're not paying taxes, but you still have to report on your earnings and how you spent them. And that manifests itself in a form called the 990. And you can find those for free on GuideStar. When you are looking for those, keep in mind that uh, much like uh, tax years for your own personal taxes that you pay. It's obviously the year before. Yes, so, you know, behind. and they could be a year or more behind depending on an organization's physical year that might not line up with a calendar year, but still you're going to be able to get information. And you may be asking, who wants to look at people's 990 tax returns? What is that even about? Grant writers do. Mm, yeah, you do. Cause you'll be able to find out in most cases, who uh, received funding, instructions, how much? how much, names of board members, contact information, and most 990s will have some place somewhere in there for a foundation how they want people to apply. Mm -hmm. It may not be pages and pages of information, but it can give you a head start. And that can help you in your research. It can help you set grant amounts, help you see, oh, they say they give to this animal shelter area, and that's where we are. But you might look and see that they've given to the same shelter the same amount for the past five years, and that's all they give. Yeah, That may not be the foundation for you. So again, GuideStar is a way to access those foundation versions of tax returns that can give you more information. Another way you can find out more information is not as formal. You can just sort of get out there and see what's around. I am a big fan of if I go to an event or I go to a meeting in another nonprofit and they have a donor wall that's pretty recent, I'm right there. I'm like, oh. What a great, I never even thought about that. Great idea. Yeah, just, oh, I see, oh, what a beautiful wall. I'm taking pictures. Or <laughs> I just want, especially if they share a similar interest. Yes, absolutely. Um, another way you can do that is look at annual reports. See what a foundation, who they're recognizing and why, which foundations are being recognized rather by a nonprofit organization, and check that out and see what's going on there. There are the larger foundations and community foundations will often have accounts on social media of some sort, and that can be another way of following 
Also, if you're following organizations, nonprofits or governments, cities that do the same kind of work you do, Mm -hmm. and they're recognizing their donors, then you can kind of get an idea of, oh, well, that may work for me. Let me find out. So that can direct your search a little bit so that you're not just having blindly (laughs) blindly, or you have 500 possibilities, but maybe really they're only... 10 that might even be a good fit. So Mm -hmm. it can help you narrow it down by sort of looking at either focus area or geographic area and checking that out. And finally, you know, our overlord Google, you know, just... Just, you know, bow down. You can set up Google alerts. You can uh, around specific focus areas, issue areas, funder names, those other nonprofits that might be doing the same kind of thing that you're doing or or agencies. So those are easy ways. You can even just plug in grant funding for... Blah, whatever, you know, public safety, education, whatever it is, and it's going to be like a needle in a haystack, but yeah. you'll, you'll, you'll get some things sometimes. Which is why that was the last point that yes. I brought up. I, I just don't think it should be the first place no. that you go because you're just like anything, just like if you have kids or you know kids or you've been near a kid before <laughs> that has to do reports for school and their, you know, their teacher will probably say, hey, Wikipedia is probably not the word. Wikipedia and Google should not be maybe your primary sources. Absolutely. You have to consider the source of this information. So the other ones that I've listed out are a little bit more tested and proven ways yeah. to make sure you're getting accurate information and more focused too well let's take a minute and talk about the public side of funding so this is our federal and state folks that give us funding there are tons of free ways to access um, potential grant funding on this side of the coin so i'm going to quickly cover a few of those so first of all kind of my go-to is grants.gov um, that website oh, it's, it's a, a searchable one. database kind of like the foundation directory online but it's just for the government federal grants i mean you can narrow your search by type of agency you are keywords what agency you're interested in if you like hey, I know I need a grant from the Department of Education. You can just plug them in and see what they've got out there. Um, so grants.gov is certainly a great place to start. And they also have great basic information about how to apply for grants for the federal government and some overviews that you don't even have to have an account to access. So oh, yeah. if you are new to this or need a review, I highly recommend grants.gov if, you, if you're seeking that public funding. Exactly. Another website, now it used to be called the Catalog of Federal Domestic Assistance, mm. and it was cfda.gov. But Catchy. The, I know, but now the government is, they're kind of combining some things, trying new things, so they're changing the name. Instead of it being CFDA, it's now called Assistance Listings, and it's on a beta site at the moment, So, but currently it's beta.sam.gov. So that's where you can go. You can find Assistance Listings. And it posts very similar things to grants.gov. It's just there's a lot of overlap between the two sites. They both have search engines. They they have different ways to search. Some people prefer one or over the other. Mm-hmm. It just kind of depends on what you use more often. I always say check them both, especially if you're new to this. Take a mm-hmm. look at both of them. Um, so those are some great free search engines for federal research. Now, another thing I always tell people, too, is go directly to the federal websites. Mm-hmm. You know, every single one of them is going to have a grants page, whether it's Department of Health and Human Services, Department of Housing and Urban Development. Think about and not only just the main 26 agency departments, mm-hmm. but you also have all these sub-agencies, the Centers for Disease Control. FEMA. F- yes, FEMA. Tons of different ones. But check out their websites. And most of them have a tab at the beginning that says grants. If not, you can find one on there. You can always use a search engine. And they should post not only grants that are coming, but they mm-hmm. also will usually post the grant applications that have already closed, which can still be helpful because 
because even though it's closed, it's probably going to come out again next year. Their RFP, their request for proposal doesn't change very much from year to year. So you can, even if you missed one, it say it was due two months ago. You know what? You can still open it up now, mm-hmm. start preparing for next year. So because you do want to have plenty of time Absolutely. to prepare for these federal, state, and local grants. Really yes. any grant, but particularly larger grants that require a lot of data to support them mm-hmm. and a lot of supporting documentation and other things that we've discussed in other podcasts. But really, uh, planning a year in advance is not should not be this crazy outlier that no, you do. No, it's, it's actually, you're going to be more successful yep. in your funding if you yep. plan ahead. Yep. Um, other things I would say check out too is do your state agency websites because a lot of state agencies give out local funding with their local state dollars. So they're not federal dollars, they're state grants. Um, those are usually less cumbersome to deal with in a federal grant. But also, a lot of federal agencies give their money to states mm-hmm. and then the states dole it out to local governments, to schools, universities, nonprofits. And so that's another way to access federal money is through state agencies. So depending on where you are, and every state has a different name for the different departments they call them. You know, in in Georgia, we have the Governor's Office of Public Safety. Other states might call it their Public Safety Department. Mm -hmm. It's, It's just different names for different things. So check out those. And again, same thing. Some of them are great and have grants right front and center. Some of them you have to search for. Some of them are not the best at sharing their grant information. Um, I found the ones that aren't. I just find a generic contact, like intro, phone, or email address to use. I'll tell them who I who I am, what I'm looking for, and why. And you may get passed amongst five or six different people, but eventually mm-hmm. you can find the grant guru at that agency who can tell you, hey, it's kind of hidden, but here it is. Or sometimes their answer is, oh, we just do emails when things come out. So can I add you to that email there list? There you go. And of course the answer is yes. So that's some of the way. larger ones may actually have a way to sign up for email alerts just yes. right there mm-hmm. through a button on their homepage. Yep. It just depends. Yep. And in the same vein, not every county or city or parish, depending on where you are, mm-hmm. not they don't all give out grants, but, often, but some do. Yeah. Um, so it's worth checking out and seeing the you know what grants they may or may not give out. Um, so that's something to check into as well. Another great way for free to look up the federal grants is to actually look up the appropriation bills for each agency. And what I mean by that is our government passes a budget every year, not always on time, but they eventually a budget gets Another passed. podcast for another ah, day. No, that's a whole other mm-hmm. thing. Um, but anyway, you can look up if there's an agency you're interested in. I've in the past have written a lot of grants for public safety. So Department of Homeland Security is something I'm always interested in. So right now, if you just go to the Google machine here, <laughs> um, type in 2019 Department of Homeland Security Appropriations Bill, you can find that bill. And that's what's been approved by Congress and everybody at the federal level. And it's going to be a long document because Homeland Security covers lots of things. But as you scroll through, you'll start to find FEMA, for instance, the Federal Emergency Management Agency that's funded through Department of Homeland Security. There's a section in there right now that shows how many billions of dollars FEMA has to give out in grant money. And then underneath that, they will bullet point list out and say this year, the Department of Homeland Security grants has this many millions of dollars. The port security grants has this many. The urban area and security initiatives, the assistance to firefighters grants, and on and on and on. And so if you, first of all, don't even know what grants are out there, 
that's a great way to find a list. True. And also, if you are very interested, like if maybe there's one grant that like you apply for it every year and you kind of, it's really important to you. It's interesting to see from year to year how much total money is appropriated mm-hmm. to that program. Because if it's staying the same or getting bigger, good news for you. If you notice every year it's getting a little smaller, that trend may continue and that's, that's going right. to make it more competitive. And so it's just, it's very helpful information to go to the appropriations bill. You certainly don't ever have to do that, but it can be helpful. I also encourage you, congressmen and women across the country, of course they meet in DC, but they have local offices where they're serving. They always have staff there and there is at least one of their staff members is the grant guru. So you can call them up and say, Hey, you, this is me. I work for such and such city, nonprofit, school, whatever, I want to talk to you about grants. I just want to make you aware of the work we're doing in our community. And oh, by the way, I'm really trying to find funding for X. Mm-hmm. Could you please let me know if there's any federal money available? And that may take more than one phone call. Absolutely. And I'm thinking phone calls would probably be better versus emails. Yes. That's certainly been my experience. Yes. So just know that that can be an important resource, but it may not be a one call does it all. You may have to sort of get past around to different folks well, until you find that person. My general rule too is, and I don't know if this is the Southern upbringing in me, but I don't want to call and the, my first phone call be asking for something. So usually I start out with just, hey, True just that. want to know this is who I am. This is the work we're doing. I just wanted to make you aware of that. Can we add you to our mailing list? Can we add you to our newsletter mm-hmm. kind of a thing? And then I might start calling. And a lot of times you can get you can get FaceTime with them too. Like, hey, when's your next available appointment? I would love to come and talk to you about stuff. And we're talking about FaceTime with the staff. Staffers, yes. not the Congress person. Yes. Um, but in most cases, the staffers are the ones who are paid to find out all this information mm-hmm. and stay on top of it. Yes. So they really can be your your best bets for finding that information. They really can. And then last but not least, there are paid subscriptions that you can use to um, do grant research. Kimberly had mentioned GrantStation. Mm-hmm. It certainly has federal grant information mm-hmm. in it as well. Um, there's a company called eCivis, E-C-I-V-I-S. I believe eCivis has both federal and the private side too. I think they have both. So there are paid subscriptions that are lovely and wonderful and certainly can do the work, but there's also free ways to do it. So I always encourage folks, I'm like, please don't run out and buy a paid subscription your first day as a grant writer. Like spend a little time tooling around on the freebies first um, before you decide to invest in something like that. Now, those are all, and we talked about the federal and the private side, but there's several ways that you can get information about both. And here's a way that's just going to blow your minds. I'm so glad that you've listened through this entire podcast to get to this gold mine of information. <laughs> Ask other people who do the same kind of thing that you do. Shh, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. It's a okay. big secret. Woo. Yeah. Talk to your grant pros. Mm-hmm. Ask them about what they're doing or what they're looking for and share what it is that you do. Another way to sort of get some more information and also learn more about the things for which you are trying to write grants is ask your coworkers if they're yes. or your clients if they're their program staff because a lot of times they're going to be very tuned in to what's going on in their respective fields and can funnel that information 
to you. Absolutely. I'd also say pay attention to the news, especially if federal funding is what you're interested in. If there is something, a hot button issue that's going on across the country, I guarantee you. Oh, we don't have any you, of those, oh, that never happens. I guarantee you there's going to be a new grant program suddenly to help fix whatever that issue is. A brilliant example of this is back in 2008, 2009, when we went through the, the Great Recession, I believe, oh, yeah. as people are, you know, not being able to pay their mortgages and, right. you know, people are running out, not running out, but people are getting kicked out of their homes and foreclosing on things. Nonprofits closing. Absolutely. Everybody. It was bad. Um, so as a way to combat that, HUD, Housing and Urban Development, created a new grant program called the Neighborhood Stabilization Program, or NSP for short, where cities and counties and nonprofits and housing authorities could get grant funding to buy these homes, fix them up if needed, and then turn around and sell them at affordable rates so to put people back in homes where they belong. And it, NSP is still around today. It's a really great program, but it had never existed until what happened to our country in 2008. So that's a True perfect that. example True of that. paying attention to the news. You may suddenly find out more. And we had talked about this a little bit earlier, but again, social media, wherever you are, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, maybe not so much, Twitter. but Twitter. I think Twitter, there are a lot, I've noticed a lot of funders can be active on Twitter and can Although, be great places. I will give a shout out. The Department of Justice has an Instagram page what? that shares some really great data and quotes. I, I know, I was shocked too. but I'm I, making a shocked face. I follow DOJ on Twitter and have, have gotten some useful information. And on so, Instagram too? Uh, I meant Instagram, not Twitter. Um, Instagram, which is to me, it was kind of random that DOJ has an Instagram page, but they do. And it's, do they it's use helpful. those special circular lights? Is their lighting really good? Are there little dogs in <laughs> costumes? Know, not that I'm okay. aware of. All sorry. Right. I'm just saying. She All likes right. dogs. So. so I hope, and I think we both hope, that that was a good overview for you to just help point you in the right directions to look for more information. Keep in mind that it's a process and that it's really good to not only find information about Available Funding, but to make sure it's the right match for you and your program. Preach it, sister. Girl. So again, we'd like to thank our season one sponsor, Grant Writing USA. If you are interested in learning more about grant writing and grant management, visit their website at grantwritingusa.com and check out their two-day courses taught in all 50 states. Stay tuned for special offers from Grant Writing USA for our listeners. And remember, there is no specific college degree in grant writing or fundraising that we have found. But there are a lot of good people with experience to share, training programs, and other ways to learn. We'd love for this podcast to be one of your favorite ways to learn. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes this season, including the next one about getting to know the organization you work for and the people you're serving. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.